I think we're going to get going. I believe today is a bit of a heavy message. I haven't told you a couple of stories of jokes, no? So I'm going to start with a couple of jokes. And um, I don't know whether you like puns. I am a very pun-oriented guy. Uh, I don't suffer from stress. I'm just a career. I can only please one person per day, and tomorrow is not good, looking good either. I don't have an attitude problem, but you have a perception problem. My reality check bounced. Eagles may soar, but reasons don't suck up into jet engines. Anyway, all right, lift up your Bible. Say this after me, Lord Jesus. Influence me this morning. I don't want to be informed. I want to be transformed. So, Father, I pray that you will anoint my mouth, take control of this time. This is not here just to hear a few words and then we tick a box on Sunday and just we move on. We have our programs prepared after church. Father, this is not an activity. We are here because you are the reason to be celebrated, to be encountered, so that we will be transformed in the image of your son, Jesus. So we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to share a word that's the whole week I've been dealing with me personally. So I think it's, it's going to maybe resound for a few people when I say this. And I do believe in disciplines. I do believe that every Christian should have a discipline of reading Bible, praying, you know, having some quiet time. I, I believe that with all of my heart. But I, the title that if you want to take notes, I, I felt to put it down like this. Love is not a formula. Love is not a formula. It goes beyond that. And I believe in, I love in reading Bible. I believe Bible is an authoritative word of God. It is a written word of God. It is a spoken word of God. It is a living word of God. And I believe that this word transforms us. And I, I totally believe that. And I thank God for people like Abraham uh, uh, Kuyper and Bartholomew Ziegenbach and William, uh, William Carey and uh, people like C.T. Studd, Henry Martin, who came to our countries and translated the Bible, especially uh, Bartholomew Ziegenbach, who came from Germany 300 years ago and came and gave Tamil Bible. Out of that came Malayalam Bible. Today, close to 130 million Tamil and Malus can have Bible. Henry Martin, not Ricky Martin, Henry Martin, who came and gave Nagpur, and he gave the first Marathi Bible. I mean, and then Hurudu Bible, New Testament. And we have people like... Uh, William Carey, who translated Bible in 14 languages. I am absolutely thankful to the Lord for the Bible in our own language. We could read, we could meditate, we could know what the Lord says. But I wrote down this, it's one thing to read the Bible and know all that it says. But it is totally another thing to allow the Bible to read us. Amen. It is one thing to know the Bible historically, but it's another thing to allow the Holy Spirit through the Bible to impact and change our life. And this is where I come into conclusion 
the more and more I read the Bible with the mindset of allowing the Holy Spirit to teach me, I come to a deep conviction that it is not just, I'm not reading just to get God into my business, rather God becomes my business. Amen? So it's not like I'm reading a Bible, Lord, give me a verse. Like I remember one pastor told me this humorous story. This guy was in a hurry. He said, Lord, speak to me. And he opened the Bible and it says, Judas hung on the tree. And he said, Lord, this is not the right word. I need another one. I don't know backbenchers in the school. Have you played a book cricket? Huh? Yes, thank you. I always had a high score on book cricket. You know? So this, uh, he played a book cricket and he opened the Bible again. This is not a good word. And it says, don't be hearer of the word, doer of the word. So... <laughs> I think sometimes we use this like a mantra. We use this like a thing that you somehow pick a verse and see what you can do. And then, you know, one guy said he got married five times. It's happened really in Africa. The pastor asked him, why do you keep marrying and divorcing, marrying? He says, it's in the Bible. Where? It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's, it's, it's literally true. I, I mean, so I have a little bit uh, more jokes like that. But it's, it's not appropriate on the, from the pulpit here. So, but this is the point I wanted to tell you. This Bible is very beautiful. We read, we memorize it, we put this word inside. But, but this Bible is not more higher than the author of the Bible. Amen? Let me explain this. The words of Jesus is higher than... Jesus himself the words of Jesus are beautiful we read this in the Gospels the life of Jesus actually gives the authority to the words of Jesus so if I preach here for example if, if we if I preach here for example without my life backed up with an authority how would you receive it imagine this I am high on Saturday night and Sunday morning, I come and worship the Most High. Will you receive my word? I mean, come on. You can't, ex you can't live like hell on Saturday and expect God to move like heaven on Sunday. It's impossible. So the words of Jesus actually was sustained by the life of Jesus. So I am in this place right now. I'm in my journey. Like I am so excited to know the word to be thrilled to get to know the word but I want to know the author of the word I want to go a little deeper I want to know why Jesus said those things so it is good to read the Bible the words of Jesus but we shouldn't stop there we should move closer to the author of the Bible the modern church believes this that when we believe him and accept him we got it right and that's it no more so that's why we have this four you know, simple prayers. We say them. Do you believe that Jesus? I mean, please come repeat with me. Lord, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I am a sinner. I believe that you are the Lord and Savior. I receive you in my heart. That's it. We give a hand. We give coffee and cake. We celebrate. Maybe that is partially true, but it's, that is not the end goal of why Jesus came into this world. So my prayer is that 
we go deeper. So the scripture that I want to use this morning is from the math, Mark chapter 4. It's up in the screen. The other seed fell into the good soil. This is the parable of the sower. And brought forth grain growing up and increasing, yielding 30, 60, and 100 fold. If you have a paper Bible, circle the 30, 60, and the 100 fold. See, majority are happy with the 30-fold mindset. What is a 30-fold mindset? I come to know Jesus, got baptized, speak in tongues. You know, tongue, tongue, talk, tongue talking is a common and one of the spiritual measurement in the Pentecostal circles. I don't know if anyone came from that background. You know, they will ask you, are you TT? TT uh, uh, means tongue talker. So it's, it's not the TT in the train TT. It's a TT from... So if the more tongue you talk the more holier you are considered as and if you don't talk in tongues probably you are a second-class citizen or you're traveling on an unreserved compartment so <laughs> kind of a mindset like that so so I got to know Jesus got baptized speaking tongues part of a church I'm okay that's a 34 Christian majority of Christians live like that I go to church on Sunday I'm fine but then there is a church there is a group that goes little more deeper. That's a 60-fold mindset. I came to know Jesus, baptized, speak in tongues, part of the church, go attend some conferences, seminars here and there, give and go to the missions, and I'm okay. So as long as it does not mess up with my schedule, as long as it does not mess up with my agenda, I can do all those things. I call them convenient Christians. They only work based on their convenience. I remember being in Dallas, a few years ago and there was a snow unexpected snow and the pastor who hosted me said Charles I don't know how many people are going to come today to church I said what to do with snow and people's attendance welcome to America that's what he said here people come based on their convenience if it is little snow little rain they want to sit on the couch watch TV live services and I remember being in Lucknow a few years ago. And this pastor said, it's a guy, he's half Mallu, half Tamil guy from Nagargoil. He planted a church there in Lucknow. And this guy said, Pastor, today I'm taking to your new location. Our church moved to a new location. I said, yes, take me there. So this, that week I was teaching on the Holy Spirit in the Lucknow base. And this pastor on Sunday took, he drove with this Maruti 800 and stopped in the middle of a road next to the tree and he said this is our new location because we got kicked out under the tree no chairs no fancy things you know this rags they put they were sitting there close to 200 people under the tree worshiping the Lord and he said we're going to eat together they didn't have even spatulas to pick up the rice they will take one plate shove the rice it's all on the floor shove it bring it put some dal I mean, which is yellow water. There is, you can count the dolls there. They are happy, seeking the Lord. In the heat, crying out to the Lord. South India, we have become so convenient. Hello? Come on, let's do a reality check where we are at. We got the gospel, but now we become so convenient. And I believe the next revival that is going to come, it's not going to come from the traditional churches. Because we are so convenient. We even give God an appointment to meet us. We say to him, 10 to 12, you can meet. 20 minutes, we give you opportunity to show your thing. Hello? 
And I was so convicted so deeply that when we move from the 30 mindset to the 60 mindset, and then the very few are happy until they reach the hundredfold mindset, which is like, Lord, all these things, giving and going to the missions, more than all those external activities, the more I seek Him, the more I am in deep hunger. All those are external activities. I, I'm not saying you shouldn't do this. I believe you should do that. But don't stop there. Go deeper and ask Him. The more I am knowing you, the more I am in deep hunger. They go in all after Him. They are not satisfied with the things and the blessings. They run after not the material, but the one who has life in all. This is my challenge for me personally. Like, do, do I get satisfied by the fact that God has blessed me, things are moving okay, things are fine, and I'm a happy Christian? You know, can I tell you this? God never promised that you will live a happy life. God's number one goal is not for you to be happy. God's number one goal is for you to be holy. Amen? It is the byproduct. Happiness is the byproduct. Amen? If we choose to walk, happiness is the primary goal. Actually, we are actually misusing the Bible. This, right now, the churches, there are a lot of churches, preachers. Come to Jesus, you get double promotion. I say, come to Jesus, probably you will lose what you have. It's not like God is sadistic that he wants to rip you off, but God is after people who says, you alone are my life. Amen? See, David went through five stages. It's not up in the screen. Bethlehem, Gibeah, Adullam, Ebron, Zion. Bethlehem, beginning, small beginnings. He was faithful with crackers and cheese. Little sheep there. God promoted him. Then he came to Gibeah, national spotlight. Suddenly, everybody, all the girls are dancing with tambourine. Saul killed 1,000, David killed 10,000. I don't know what was the ringtone that time, but that's how the girls danced. Hmm? Yes? Yes. And suddenly, he became from spotlight, obscurity to national spotlight. Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Gibeah. Then came Adullam. Adullam means cave, a captivity. He was stuck there. Saul put 3,000 people with one job to hunt and kill David in Adullam. And after Adullam, God released him to Hebron. Hebron was the place where David could stay and take care of his tribe, Judah, for seven years. And right after that, God released him to Zion, where he could lead the entire nation of Israel. What was God doing? God was trying to see in the heart of yours that not the things of God is in your heart, God of all things is in your heart. Amen? I like how we started this morning. We always sing the song, God, you are good, because there is something good happen. Last night I was listening. It was a bit of a heavy spiritual warfare last night. We couldn't sleep. Eunice had a bug inside, went inside her ears. And um, I was 3 o'clock in the morning. I was thinking, should I text Sister Mary, <laughs> because this is inappropriate, you know. But I was like doing all sorts of prayer and, you know. And finally she's fine, I think, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe. 
double check it, I don't know. Okay, so, but so many crazy stuff, weird nightmares and stuff like that. But I was just listening to the funeral service of Bill Johnson's wife, Benny Johnson. And something they said was so powerful. They said, uh, they were all at their bed while she was passing out, just ushered into heaven. As she was ushered into heaven, they were contending the Lord for miraculous divine healing. But as she ushered into heaven, they were still saying, God, you are good. Your mercies endures forever. And they were worshiping the Lord in the midst of pain. Amen. And this is what Bill said, and I will never forget this. He said, I don't want to change the perception of who God is based on my temporary experience. Amen. Today, when the, when the water heater, the kettle is not working, we think persecution has started. You know, if the 5G became 4G, I saw one ad, there was like 5G, 4G, 3G, 2G, and then Edge. Have you seen that ad? The 5G says, hi, 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 hi. And the Edge is staying quiet. How are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? And then, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then finally, Edge is saying, hi. <laughs> so sometimes we think, oh, you know, sir, I have only one signal. Lord, come on, church. We got to go deeper than this. And this is what I, I wrote down here. They had a heavenly kingdom mindset. In other words, they set their lives on those things which are above. The things that our earth belongs to, it's up in the screen, sight, reason, and senses. That's like our soul, mind, emotions, and will. The things of our earth. So many Christians are earthly minded. Okay, I don't have this. I like what Lydia said. I don't have a job, but he is good. Amen? That's perspective. Amen? I don't, I, you know, yesterday we came, Friday we came back from Chennai and I saw our car was like hitting the ground so heavy. So I said to Lino, Lino, maybe we should check our car with the mechanic. He opened it and he saw all the suspensions are gone. He's, he gave me a quote for one lakh rupees. He called me and he said, it's going to cost one lakh rupees. I'm like, oh no. You know, again, but you are good. You are faithful. You are providing. You did, evil. you did so far. You will continue to do it. So, the things of the earth belongs to the sight, reason, and senses. But the things of above belongs to confidence in who God is, faith in what he said, trust in his ways, timings, and process. Amen. Are we the things of the above? Are we the people that thinks of the above? Confidence in who God is. And I, I made a little uh, kind of like a, a difference. The mindset of the things of the earth and the mindset of the things of the above. The mindset of the people who are focused here, pleasures of the earth. They are constantly measuring their lifestyle based on the pleasures of the earth. If, if I don't get promoted, if I am not happy here, if I don't do well here, then something is wrong. That's that approach to God. And I think it's A.W. Tozer who said this. I'm, I'm not sure. It's the cheapest mindset of a Christian who approach God just for material things. I'm not saying you should not pray for material things. I do pray. We should pray because our Father needs to hear what's... But that shouldn't be the end goal. Amen? We should go even deeper than that. 
the mindset of the things of the above pleasing and delighting in the lord they are the material the treasures of the earth this the mindset of the things of the above treasures of the kingdom example tithing giving generous generous were moth nor rust corrupt many christians don't tithe i have known christians i remember invited in switzerland the pastor invited in this about 250 people he said please pray and preach about tithe he said because most of the time the pastors don't preach about tithe they will have a special gift here i don't care i share the truth as if it is so and he said this my elders don't give tithe i said fire the elders i said that's it fire them you don't need to have elders who don't even believe in the reality come on i mean so value reputation and opinion of men the things of the earth the the things of the above they hold i esteem on the one who holds the keys they hold on to the source not to the means they embrace man's ideas and philosophies they embrace god's intimate revelation psalms 103 it's a beautiful verse it says he made his ways to moses and his acts to the children of israel so moses get to know why god did the children of israel got to know what god did it's a big difference many christians are happy with what god is doing oh he's doing miracles he's doing healing he's giving double portion he's miracle he's opening doors but why there is a you know last week also one of my heroes in faith passed away and uh, and uh, she was one of the pillars in the in the vivum she started intercession the book of spiritual warfare uh, was written and it was joy dawson i don't know anybody heard about joy dawson and she literally shaped vivum youth without any money sorry youth with a mission she shaped vivum in terms of hearing god and walking in his ways and she passed away and for 35 years the last 35 years she was close to 100 last 35 years she lived with severe pain like arthritis or something that was so severe she she had this ambiguity towards the lord like is this real but she never let go of her faith in the lord do you, do you hear what i'm saying sometimes life gets tough sometimes it's not all easy but are we still holding on to what not what god did but who he is amen flesh is more important what to eat what to wear where to sleep spirit is more important seek the kingdom and everything else will be added the now mindset i have just now i wanted to get it now happiness matters now this is my preference but then the things of the hawa have eternal mind perspective my brothers and sisters we are few in number but my prayer for you is this that you will be the person not just go by the books but you will go deeper than get to know the author in a deeper way and i wanted to give you some examples and the best examples that i felt in my heart to give was two from the old testament and two from the new testament and and not unfortunately fortunately those four examples are women in the bible who demonstrated love and i want to share that and they were women who just didn't go by the books they went outside they broke protocols they they did not just say well i am a woman i am a, a pagan i am a, a gentile i am i am like this i am like no they went 
beyond. They broke all the protocols because love has no formula. Love goes beyond the books. Love does not have formula. To go by the books helps us to a certain level. But there is something you and me will never discover by just going by the books. We have to go beyond that. The first one is Ruth. I want to talk about Ruth for a few minutes. It's in the chapter 3 and 4 you will read. And I'll give you a little bit. Ruth, she loses her husband. She is a Moabite woman. She's from another race, another tribe. She's not a Jewish woman. And Ruth basically means distress. I don't know. I mean, naming your child like that? A hey, distress? Did you do the dishes? No, daddy. <laughs> don't make me more distressed. <laughs> Did you water the garden? By the way, your garden is splendid. Huh? I called. I was driving to drop the kids to uh, Lydia and Molose's home because they offered to take them for a movie. And I said to Eunice, this looks like Sunil and Mary's garden because everywhere it's all ugly. There's a green oasis there. So, <laughs> and I said, let's drive through. And it was true. So after the gathering, I have some questions, some tips. You know, you can teach us. Anyway, I get easily distracted. Ruth means distress. But, but something Ruth did was so powerful. She came to realize, you know, Ruth also had a co-sister. Her name was Orpha. Not Oprah Winfrey, Orpha. And Orpha, when Naomi said, I mean, in those days, they... They stick together as a family. She said, man, my husband is dead. My sons are dead. I don't have a son that will raise up one day become your husband. That sounds sick now, but that was the culture in that time. But please go. And Orpha said, okay. But Ruth said, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. That was not in the textbook. That was deeper than the textbook. And this is what something she did was so profound. She was a Moabite woman. She was a woman. She was from another race. She was not a Jewish. And she was a widow. It's like everything goes gone south for her. But she did something. She said, your people, my people. Your God, my God. And when she broke the rule books, to move, go deeper, something happened. And there, in the chapter 3 and chapter 4, if you read, she was at the feet of Bohas. That was the culture in those days. You go and lay at the feet of that person and you say, cover me with your blanket, that I am yours. And here was Bohas, could have said, he was a rich, wealthy man. Who are you? Moabite woman. I have beautiful Jewish girls here. Why should I have to go after you? But because she broke the protocols, a Gentile woman at the feet of Bohas, you know what happened? She became the, grand, the mother of Jesse, Obed, and then finally David, Jesus. Okay? And the other one who went by the books, she became a grandmother of Goliath. Orpha was a grandmother. She became a prostitute. And one of the prostitute's son's son was Goliath. 
when you break protocols and you say, God, I have known you through my disciplines, but I want to go all in beyond that. God will raise a David in you that breaks Goliath. Amen. Think about this. Two women, two widows, two opportunities. One went with what they know, rational things of the earth. Another went with the things of the above. Amen. The second example is in the Old Testament is Esther. Here it's the case is Ulta. A Jewish woman in a pagan kingdom stood up for her people. It's so funny. Ruth, it's not a Hebrew name. It's a pagan name. But God adopted a pagan name into that. Adasha was a Jewish name. Adasha means myrtle tree. And she was given a name, Esther. Esther means Ishtar. It's a god of a meteorite. It's like our people in Tamil Nadu. They have a beautiful name, Kumarasami. Kumarasami means prince with God, Israel. They will give him Jacob, stealer, after baptism. <laughs> Hello? Kumarasami means prince of God. Sami? Sami means what? Hey, Sami, you know that song? No, I'm not talking about that. But you know that? <laughs> but, Sami, Kumar Asami. But then he gets into the water, come out, Jacob, stealer. So, <laughs> I mean, if you are Jacob, God has redeemed you, you're okay. If you anybody, your family members are Jacob, God bless you. But I'm just saying this because this is the reality. Here was a pagan woman, her name was, here was a Jewish woman, her name was Adasha. But God used that Adasha to allow to go through the process to become a star, which is like, you know, suddenly you take a beautiful name like Johanna and you give her Mariata, you know, something like, you know, Badragali or something. And you just, you know, imagine Parameshwari or some weird name. But you, I mean, you are just in the front, so I'm picking you. So you're thinking, next time I'm to sit at the back. Anyway, but just think like that. You just pick up somebody and then the names are changed, but God still uses this person. And look at the story of Esther. If you read Esther 5 and 6, she said, you know what? There is a tradition in the king. He has, to, he has a golden scepter. Whenever he reaches forth, then only. Yeah, otherwise, you will be dead. And she said, it's okay. If I perish, I perish. But I want you to fast and pray. And she was bold enough to go and stand before the, the king. This is what I wrote down. When you love without a formula, you break free from all cultural barriers. My brothers and sisters, I don't want Papa Sao's family to become very rigid, just go by the books, we discipline, we read Bible, we pray, we fast, we give, we go to the nations, we, we are so mission-oriented, everything is fine, we are so good outside, but deep down you and me know that is not enough. We have to be radical lovers. When we started this ministry, this is what the Lord said to us, the radical love transforms us radically. These are the two examples from the Old Testament. A pagan woman 
came to know that the books are not going to solve it. I'm going to go deeper than that. And she became a grandmother, great-grandmother of our Jesus, Savior. And Ruth, Esther, in other words, Hadasha, a Jewish woman, stood and broke the protocols and broke free from all cultural barriers. And there is two more examples from the Old Testament. They have the same name, Mary. And Mary who broke the alabaster box and poured the oil. It's in, it's in all the Gospels, Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 7, John 12. And many scholars believe that happened twice to Jesus. And one was Mary's, Mary was, one was the, one Mary was Lazarus' sister. Another Mary was a different woman. So the they, scholars believe that these two different women anointed Jesus. And the alabaster oil, and I was doing some little search, it's a, it's a perfume that you, you kind of save it on the day of your wedding. When the father, it's like here, when the girl is born, you know, the, somebody told me, uh, you have two credits, you have one credit, two debit. I said, what do you mean? You have two girls, one boy. <laughs> he told me, Charles, you have one debit, two credit. Sir, one credit, two debit, he said. So it's like in those days when a girl is born, they prepare. Here we save, you know, now e-gold, save 1,000 rupees, some sovereign, you know, we do all those things. In those days, they preciously, they save this fragrance on the day when the girl is about to get married. She, the alabaster bass, the box is broken and the perfume is poured upon. And here was this lady, out of whom seven demons were taken out. And she poured the alabaster oil on the feet of Jesus. And the, the many scholars, they say, she came to realize that there is no one good enough to marry her because of her past. And she realized the best thing she can do is to give her life as an offering at the feet of Jesus. And this is what Bobby Connor says, when she broke the alabaster oil and poured at the feet of Jesus, not only she anointed Jesus, when she left the room, she smelled like Jesus. Can you imagine that? She broke that. She put it on the feet. She wiped it with her own hair. You know? I mean, woman's hair is, 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 is something very important for a woman. Yes? All the women say yes or no. Yes. I mean, that, this is, you don't touch a woman's hair unless your hands want to be chopped. But here was this girl. She said, I am going to pour my life over to Jesus. It's out of the protocol. There was nothing there. There was no verse that says, go to the feet of Jesus, sit one feet at distance, open it, Pour it first 5 ml, rub it for 2 minutes, then right side of the hair, apply it. Then once it's done, take again, pour this left side of the hair, apply it, and do the style, gangam style. There was nothing like that. There was no textbook, but she did something out of the textbook. What was that? Love has no formula. And that's what happens when you move out of your normal routine. And that's why I challenge to you. 
Keep your disciplines. But don't limit God to your disciplines. Allow him to speak to you beyond your disciplined time that you had with God. Go beyond that. Go beyond your agenda. Go beyond... I know some of you are very good in getting up in the morning, reading Bible, praying, seeking the Lord, fasting. But don't stop there. Say, God, I'm here as my alabaster. My life is an alabaster oil. I'm pouring out to you. Because when she poured out at the feet of Jesus, people who looked at her and said, because the cost of it, they say the current value for that one alabaster oil, it's $30,000. Because it's the whole man's life wages. That's what a precious thing, you do it on your marriage. And this was beautiful. She poured at the feet of Jesus. When she moved that out of that room, she was also smelling like Jesus. And this is my prayer this week. It's been troubling me in my spirit. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm not satisfied. Just get by Christianity. I'm not satisfied. I had a good quiet time. I had a little prayer time. I ticked the box. I intercede. I gave to the missions. I went there. I want to go beyond those, all of these. I want to see that I am completely possessed by you. Amen. And the last but not the least is the sister of Lazarus, Mary. It's in Luke 10. She was at the feet of Jesus. What was she doing? See, Martha, this story, if you read, it's a very interesting story. Just before that passage, you will see Jesus made a beautiful miracle. Taking the five loaves, two fishes, fed everybody. They were all fed. Then they go to this house. And here she was making sandwiches to Jesus where he was just did a miracle. He was not even hungry. Sometimes we are like that. We try to do things to God because we have it on our book. One day the Lord said to me when I was in a quiet time, I was, you know, in a hurry. I need to do some work, errands. So I grabbed my coffee because coffee is important for me to have quiet time. I grabbed my coffee, sat there, took the Bible. My, I mean, and I want to go to my regular readings. And the Lord said, Charles, what are you doing? I said, I'm reading Bible. I have my prayer diary. I have my, you know, journals. I have, the Lord said, close it. I want to talk to you. It's unconventional, right? Close it. I want to talk to you. I mean, I want to know if this is the Lord speaking or... Some other Lord speaking. And I hesitated because the religious in me wants to tick the boxes, no? Because if I read the two chapters, did my quiet time, prayed the prayer, speak five minutes in tongues, I can tick the box so I can have my medal. So I can go before God and say, I did all these things, release abundantly. You, you, come, come on. Make sense or not? So I have that, I have that mindset. God said, no, leave it. Leave it. I closed. It was very hard to close. God, let me read at least a little bit. Close. You know, there was a song that says, shut up and drive. You know, so I was like, <laughs> so I was like, shut up and listen. So I closed. So what you're telling me? And he said, turn to another passage which was unconventional of. And I started reading. Out of that, living words came out. Do we allow God in the quiet time? Because quiet time is not for him, it's for us, right? I mean, you're not reading Bible to God. He knows it, he wrote this. He, he is the author of it. You're not trying to say, hmm, Mordecai, hmm, okay, Lord. You know, it's, it's not about, we are doing things, it's about he possessing us. 
and that's something out of normal and for a few days even for weeks i went through like that so I, it was kind of stacked read the bible in a year so i can go and get another translation some of you are like that i want to make sure that you know how many of you read at least once bible twice three four I mean, I probably, I'm not here to brag, maybe five, six, seven times I might have read, I don't know. But, but you feel good to tell people because the, the average Christian thinks one of the disciples of Jesus is Moses. So you feel kind of elevated, you know, where is Obadiah? You kind of feel good when the pastor says, turn to Zechariah, you're not turning somewhere in Luke. You kind of feel good, no? You kind of, you, this is, but God is saying, that's not it. It's deeper than that. Just makes sense. Doesn't make, so, this is what I wrote on, it's up in the screen. When you love without formula, you break all protocols. I want to ask you, go before the Lord and give all the protocols to Him. Maybe you have a protocol. I have my regular disciplinary moments. I get up in the morning, I make a drink for my wife and me, I go up and I sit and I read and I pray and I take my prayer diary, I write my prayer journals, I read my devotional book, I have a little bit of time, I write a daily one minute devotion after that only. So I have my protocol but sometimes God wants to mess your protocol. He says, I want to speak to you. Imagine this, okay? I mean, I've been married for 12 years. Brother, you're married for 26 years, okay? He's the only one deserved to be called Uncle Sonil. Don't call me Uncle Charles, okay? Listen, 26 years, if you would have just gone, 12 years, I'll take my example because, okay? 12 years, if I just gone by the books, imagine every morning I get up. Okay, point one. Say good morning. Good morning, may amor. Amor means my love. Okay, give one kiss. Maybe on the cheek or on the lips. Okay. Get down. Prepare a coffee. Bring it up. Imagine she will, she, she will be happy with me. Married, single, you're like, I don't know now, I would like to try. Don't try anything now, okay? Keep your hormones in your freezer, okay? But, but I'm just saying, imagine this, if I did by protocol. You know, sometimes she says, on Saturday, when we drop the kids, I wanted to do some work, because I'm like, I have my list. I said to Lydia, I'm gonna do, ask her to write a project, because I have a lot of things to do. She said, this is the first time in a month we are here, without kids. Let's have a date. So we went to this fortune. We went to see our old house. It was so miserable. We were like, thank God, we moved out of that house. So we were in a fortune. I ordered a chai, ginger chai. And, uh, and then she said, I saw croissant. She saw a croissant. I want croissant. 60 rupees. I bought her croissant. She said, Sal, see, you see, I'm a low maintenance. Only 200 rupees. I'm having a beautiful time. You know, I'm sitting there, enjoying, she's enjoying her croissant, I'm enjoying my masala tea, having coffee, I mean, 
just talking, looking at this building. And I'm like, I'm thinking, the mess outside in Vellore and this inside, it doesn't match. And she said, can you once stop thinking about those things and just talk to me? Because <sighs> I was telling, look at the mess outside. Look at this. Look at the filth on the floor. She's like, shut up, Charles. So I have to close down my project. You get my point? So imagine this. We go by the books. The Lord will be so boring. No? Imagine you go there. You say, we, we know. He knows how you're going to start. Oh, gracious heavenly father. Oh, he knows. This guy has come today. And then we finish up. You know, God knows you are finishing the prayer. You know how he knows? All glory, honor, and praise to you. God knows. This guy is wrapping it up. He's going to come back again. Can you imagine that? If we do that. Sometimes the most random thing when I was in States also. I'll, I'll walk with the kids and they will pick up a little flower on the floor and she will bring it up. And she will be so excited because it's not in the books. It's something outside the normal. I'm not saying you have to ditch your disciplines. Please, that's not the message this morning. Keep your disciplines. But let disciplines is not the end goal. God is your end goal. He is the end goal. Amen? Does it make sense? Number two, I wrote down here. When you love without formula, you break free from cultural barriers. Sometimes in India, there are a lot of cultural barriers we have. Women cannot do this. Women cannot act like this. Women cannot behave like this. Women cannot laugh like this. If you laugh a little louder, they will say, what kind of woman? Where in the Bible it says? I mean, it's sometimes we have all those things, barriers. And sometimes we incorporate. And that's why G.K. Chesterton said, you know, we don't want a church that moves the world. We want a church that moves the world. Amen. I want to ask you this question. Like, what cultural barriers do you have that blocks you not to come closer in knowing him? And the third one, when you love without formula, you go beyond extravagantly generous. This lady who broke the alabaster wall, she just, she didn't say, okay, I gave my 10%, I gave my 2% offering there, I did this, I did this, I am fine. But sometimes when you do beyond that, break that protocol, go beyond what you can do, God does wonders. And one of the things the Lord spoke to us when we started our marriage, he said, Charles, I want you to, it's been a couple of years, I think, I have not talked on the tithing and giving issue. And the Lord is kind of sensing again to start. But he said, when you, he said to me two things. You can never go short by giving to God. You can never go broke because you gave to God. And those are the two foundations on which we stand on. I can never outgive God. We make a declaration, right? We never outgive God. You can never go broke by giving to God. We never <coughs> can outgive. You can never come short because we gave to God. And, <coughs> and he said, every year I want you to give more than what you gave last year. So we've been married for 12 years. We started 2010, we got married. In 2010, we started with 10%. Now it's 2022, and you do the math. 
And I tell you, I can never outgive him. I can never outgive him. And I have never come short just because I gave to God. And I never got once broke because I, that doesn't mean you live in an extraordinary, you know, very luxurious lifestyle. God never promised any of those. He's not, your prosperity is not measured. Your spirituality is not measured on your prosperity level. That's not what I'm talking about. But you may have challenges, but God will come through. Make sure there is no lack in you. Amen. And I believe this with all of my heart. It's, look at this. I can never outgive God. I can never go broke by giving to God. Never come short of my needs because I have given to God. My brothers and sisters, this lady who broke the alabaster box, she poured the oil. She's, she loved God more than the formula. And she gone beyond extravagantly generous. <coughs> and the last but not the least, when you love, when you love without formula, Jesus becomes your agenda. It's good to seek God for an agenda. It's good to go and say, God, you are my, you know, I want you to fulfill my agenda. It's good to have weekly plans. I'm sure many of you have weekly plans, weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals. I'm sure you have. If you don't have, you know, if, if, you, if you don't have a plan, you're planning to fail. If you fail to plan, you know, there's a thing like I maybe... Yeah, what was that thing? Plan to fail. It's good to have plans. Yes, I'm having a plan to kill it, but it's escaped. Okay. <clears throat> so, it's good to have plans. It's good to have some goals. Do you have goals? Yes. All of you must have some goals. You should think about it. Like 2022, am I growing one more step closer, closer to know God? Have I heard God more than the last year? Is my life more holier than the previous year? Am I doing something? God is the God of holistic, you know? Is my mind more renewed? Is my heart more transformed? Is my emotions more yielded? Is my, my gifts and talents, am I using it more to the Lord? So it's good to have all those things. But we don't go to God to fulfill our agenda. We go to Him. And this is the scripture, this is the prayer that I learned from Lauren Cunningham. And, and, and that's been my prayer for all these years. He would make all the plans and he would say, God, now this is my agenda. I want you to tear it, build your agenda in me. Amen. So every year we have some plans, we write it down and we say, God, this is what we would like to see, this is what will happen personally. You know, I have my personal goals, I would like to still lose maybe seven to eight kilos more. So I, my prayer is that brother has started with pumping for how many push-ups? 15, how many you are? 70, no? Yeah, he's very humble. He doesn't want to say, you know, so 70. So I look at him and say, if Sunil uncle can do 70, Charles can do 40. It's a goal. Amen? It's good to have somebody to measure. Yes or no? Everybody should have a role model, a mentor. In your life, you need to have some so you can measure up. But at the end of the day, you say, God, tear my agenda, build your agenda. Yes? I want this Papasa's tribe to be a tribe that loves without formula. 
goes beyond that. Go break all the barriers, cultural barriers, all protocols. Go beyond extravagantly generous. That Jesus becomes your agenda. I want to take communion with you and pray with you. I want to not just pray a simple prayer. I want to pray that this will be a lifestyle for us. Maybe some of you, you are, you are saying, I don't know. I'm, I'm even struggling to get my routines. How can I get here? What you're talking, it's, it's like too big a uh, hassle for me. I'm struggling to even get my disciplines right. But there is grace God wants to give today. Jesus, we don't want to just do church. Just stay in the presence a little bit. We don't want to do church. I don't want to do quiet time for sake of quiet time. I don't want to do it because I will feel guilty later part of the day. If I didn't have quiet time and something wrong happened and the enemy says, you didn't have quiet time, that's why your car was had a flat tire or you had an argument with your wife. I don't want to do that because of getting things done for the sake of getting things done. You're not one of those programs or one of those, uh, one of those objectives to achieve so that I can move on with my life. No, you are the reason of my existence. Lord, help me, help us to break free from these cultural barriers. Break free from the protocols. Break free from this rigid mentality. Sunday, church time. What happens on Monday, Lord? Lord, I just don't want to feel good when I worship with the saints on Sunday. Then I'm alone. I don't even worship you because I don't feel like it. Father, break me from all, from these external things that defines me as a Christian. And Lord, when you said, when the disciples argued, oh, this is a waste of money. We could have sold this and given to the poor. And you said, wherever the gospel is preached, of the kingdom is preached, what she did will be also remembered. And today we remember this Mary, Lord. There may be many other Marys, many other Marthas, but we don't none, know none of them. But here we are in Moonjurpet 2022, in August, talking about a, a Jewish lady 2,000 years ago did something extravagantly generous. I want to be known like that, Lord. I don't want to live a get-by Christian mindset. Come on, church. If that's in you, pray. Say to God, God, I don't want to just get by. I want to be known. There were many girls who graduated in the year of 1890 in States. But there was one lady who said, I saw the misery of this three women died in front of my own eyes. I'm going to do something about it. And Lord, today, 100 years later, we are still reaping the fruit of that one lady's obedience. And there were many missionaries before William Carey, but she was, he was the first one 
who said, I don't need any slaves. And he was the first one who translated the Bible in 14 languages. He was the first one who taught Indians how to save money. So the Imperial Bank of India, which was the bank that British had, had become a state bank of India because of this missionary who did not come to plant churches, invited people on Sunday, but he transformed. Today we have savings bank account. Every Indian has got it because of one missionary who taught us how to save. Lord Jesus, I, we want to be known for people who break protocols because we love beyond what we know or what we should do. Like Naomi, Lord. Like Ruth. She could have gone back to her comfort zone. Her own people, her own language, her own tribe, her own familiarity. But she left everything. And you raised a David in her to kill the Goliath from her co-sister, Father. Lord, I want to be known like that. I want to be known like that. I don't want to be just get by Christian. Come on, church. I don't know. The Spirit is convicting some of you here. Respond to Him. Respond to Him. You want to kneel down? You want to stand up? You want to ask somebody to pray? I want you to respond because there is something the Holy Spirit is inviting us deeper than your routines. He's saying, I'm happy for your routines. I'm glad you're doing this. It's like Jesus said, you, he said to the Pharisees, you even tithe the mint. You should do that. He didn't say you shouldn't do that. You should do that. But more than that, you should go beyond what you just did as mere disciplines. And seek me. God is saying, I'm giving you a priesthood anointing. This is for the entire church here. I'm giving you a priesthood anointing that you will not just stay on the outer court, a 30-fold Christian. You will not just come on the inner court, a 60-fold Christian. But you will go into the holy of holies. You, the veil has been opened for you. So you can go into the holy of holies. Where there is no light. That I am your light. Where there is no agenda. I am your agenda. Where there is, there is no external things to support your doctrinal belief. That I am your life. God is inviting you into that place. If this is what the nudge in your spirit when I am praying this prayer to you. That you are not in an outer court, you are not in an inner court. You are, the Lord is giving you this open invitation to come into the Holy of Holies. If that's your desire, I want you to stand up. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. That you are no more a 30-fold Christian, a 60-fold Christian. You are a 100-fold Christian. Thank you, Lord. You see your children standing up. And Father, I pray this will be, it's like a mark on their calendar from this day onwards. On the 7th of August, 2022, around 11, 11.30 a.m. in Moonjurpet, 
in Papa's house gathering. You mark them for your glory. They are not meant to live on the outer court. Other people's revelation. They are not meant to live on the inner court. Now and then they get some revelations. But they are meant to live in the holy of holies. That Christ is their light. Christ is their portion. Christ is their joy. Christ is their hope. Christ is their love. Come on church. Here are some announcements. If you have missed any of our sermons, you can watch them by logging in on Papa's House through YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes and Facebook. We have a family support program where we support single mothers and their children by getting provisions through finances and opportunities to earn a livelihood through small businesses. Every Friday, through our homeless feeding program, our team prepares and distributes food packets for homeless people in and around Velour. We would encourage you to join us in this program by either preparing or distributing food packets and also by considering making your generous contributions through your finances. If you consider yourself to be a part of Papa's house, then we would encourage you to send your tithes and offerings. But if you are visiting Papa's house for a few occasions and led by the Spirit and you feel that Papa's house has made a difference in your spiritual life and your connection with Christ, you could consider sowing a small seed through an offering. We would make sure it falls on the good soil so that it reaps a good reward from God. You can find the details of the bank accounts and Google Pay should you decide to send in your offering to us. We will intimate to you once we have received it. Also, here are the links on how you can reach and follow us.